So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I, in which we uh, did our Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi rundown and looking ahead at Andor as well, so the Star Wars coverage. Um, hope you all enjoyed our uh, overviews of all those shows. So now for episode 93 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Um, I'm super excited. It's summer, and before I say anything else, let me just crack open my beer. Oh, let's go. Super pumped to be here with you tonight, Eric. Cheers. Cheers. I'm on the waters tonight. And uh, we're going to be talking about something that's been in our lives for, what, since 2008, we'll say, and we're going to talk about more. We're going to give, like, an update on what's been happening. Well, I'll let you announce it, Eric, so keep it, like... The way it is. All right, sounds good. I like where this is going. So uh, yeah, we're gonna be hopping from another big franchise to another big franchise. It's been our pattern in these '90s episodes. So we're gonna be doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe episode, our pretty much yearly episode, and we're gonna approach it from a different perspective, in which we're gonna provide an overview of five characters each that we all find to be either underrated, underappreciated, underloved. Just all under that umbrella, as Matt worded it in the pre-show. I'm just stealing from him right now. Yeah, so we're going to go over those characters, lead a nice discussion, and then provide an overview of the Marvel Phase 4 shows and movies that have been released this year, and also take a look ahead at what's to come in the next year, and then in Phase 5 for Marvel. So big Marvel episode today, I'm really excited to get into it. I'll just say off the top, Matt, for me it was really hard to come up with this list of five characters for the sole reason that I feel like Characters in the MCU are not really underrated in general. I feel like they're all appreciated by, like the most part anyways, I feel like they're well appreciated by the people and get the love they deserve. But that being said, have still managed to dig up some great characters that fit the description, but it was just harder than I thought it would be. How was the whole process for you? Actually, after I pitched you the idea, Eric, I was like, oh, like this is actually way harder than I thought. (laughs) So same, same as you, Eric. But then I started thinking, maybe not underrated, maybe I'll like focus more on like characters that are underappreciated or could have been like deserved more spotlight, basically, more talk about. And and then I started focusing, I'm like, wait, there's all these heroes, but there's also all these villains too. So like that widened my umbrella. And then there's all this like the non the characters that don't have powers either that are all in the MCU. So I like I had a wide umbrella and uh but I have a good mix here. But People will argue like, okay, that person's not underrated, Matt. But I'll have I have explanations for each one, so yeah. it'll be fun to talk about. Like Did you want me to start, Eric? Yeah, or? go for it. Set the tone. All right. So the first person I find underrated is uh, Heimdall, played by Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Um, I just think Heimdall, like we do see him a little bit, but like the man's like a complete badass because Thor number three, like basically he's. He, He's so keen in that movie to, like, taking down Hela. People, like, randos that don't follow the MCU too, too closely have no idea who he is. Like, he's actually pretty key to it. He's been in a lot of movies. He just pops up here and there. But I just feel like we should know more about him and he could be... I mean, now he's dead. We won't see him anymore. But, like, I just felt like we could have seen a lot more of Heimdall. And nobody talks about him. What do you think of Heimdall? Great pick. I would agree he fits that description of underrated... Die Hard Easy Conversations listeners will remember that in episode, I forget exactly, I think episode 12, 
MCU later featuring Basam Issa and Derek Gregoire, I pitched the idea for a spin-off show starring Idris Elba as Heimdall in proposing that I'd love to get more of this character's background. That idea was shot down by my two guests in that episode, but it's all good, you know, roll with the punches. I, I agree, I'm a huge Heimdall fan. I, I I feel like there is more to the story with this character. He's lived a, I would assume, fulfilling life that he'd agree to take a post as a gatekeeper and not move for eternity and open the Bifrost for Odin and Thor. And you mean, you must have lived a good life if that's what you're settling down to accept as your position now. So I feel like he's done a lot, seen a lot, would love to see it unfold on the screen, either in a limited series or a feature film. Heimdall, I'm all for it. Agreed, 100%. I'm going to start us off with um, someone that I wasn't sure. And to be honest, my whole list could have easily been five villain characters. So I switched it up, shout out me and diversify the characters that I picked for this list. The first one, I debated whether or not he fit the description in that he's not technically an MCU character, but since the Daredevil shows and well, I guess just Daredevil so far has been proven has been proven to be MCU content now that he's been integrated in Spider-Man No Way Home and that we're going to see Daredevil pop up in other shows. My pick is not Daredevil, he's not underrated, but as a minor villain in the season one of Daredevil, Wesley, the assistant to Wilson Fisk, aka Kingpin. Now, this is a deep sleeper pick, and if you have watched the show Daredevil, there's no way the character of Wesley did not stand out to you in some way, shape, or form. You may have hated this character, in that he was always seemingly in control of situations, always said the right thing, was a formidable advisor to Wilson Fisk. We saw how important he was to him and how detrimental his loss or his death was to Kingpin going forward. I'm just, I was a huge fan of Wesley, found him super intimidating, and I was actually rattled at his death scene. It was a great death scene, don't get me wrong. But even in that moment, managed to stay cool and deliver the iconic line, Do you really think... I would put a loaded gun on the table where you could reach it. To which she responds, Do you really think this is the first time I've shot someone? And he, she shoots him. Tragic death scene. But great way to go for that character. Huge fan. Wesley, number five, underrated. That's my pick. Wow. Wow. I Sleeper pick is right, Eric. <laughs> I think if you would have given me 10 years to figure out your list, I would have never have even thought to include him. Like, oh my God. Oh, my picks are super non-sleeper compared to that. <laughs> I love it. Okay, my second, uh, my but the next one on my list is a villain. It's it's Ultron, really. Mm. Ultron from Avengers, the second Avengers movie. Ultron's underrated because I feel like they squandered their chance with Ultron to make something epic. Age of Ultron is not like the greatest Avengers movie. It's probably the weakest. After after watching that episode of What If and like that whole world that Ultron like Ultron takes over everything in that one episode, like. We got a glimpse of what Ultron could have been. And what we did get in the Avengers live action Age of Ultron movie was like that James Spader who voices Ultron, super charismatic, funny. So we basically we could have got this awesome villain in an even better movie, but they squandered their chance. Therefore, Ultron is going to be always like under love because he was in a bad movie. But I think it could have been like, 
ah, they squandered. It could have been so much epic because Ultron, I find him very cool. Like he's a, a computer basically can plug into anything. He's everywhere. I love it. Love that concept. I've seen him in like cartoon shows and he's just a complete badass, like taking out all the Avengers by himself. I love Ultron. I just think the movie made him like puny and like not as they squandered their chance basically looking back. So, but yeah, Ultron. Yeah, I agree because especially because I never would have thought this before the um, what if episode aired. Like I never really gave Ultron a second thought, but then seeing the full extent of his powers when he gets his hands on the Infinity Gauntlet just shows how formidable he would have been or could have been as a villain in the MCU live action. It was really cool to see. If you haven't seen those episodes, definitely recommend. He literally sliced and diced through my boy Thanos in half in like literally two seconds of screen time. It was a pretty funny moment, actually. But just goes to show like Ultron could not be messed with in those episodes. And in the movie, you're right. He was good. And I also agree that Age of Ultron is like no debate the weakest Avengers movie. But honestly, I rewatched it the other day randomly and it was pretty solid. It was better than I remembered it as being. Maybe these new Phase 4 products are um, helping the revisionist history as to how we perceived Marvel content back in the day as weak. And now, anyways, that'll lead to another discussion later. But I actually really enjoyed Age of Ultron looking back at it. So I would recommend a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a long time, Matt, and anybody who hasn't seen it in a while. So no, I, I like that Ultron underrated second pick. Good stuff. My next one... And I don't know if I like this character more than Wesley, to be honest, but I'll rank her above him. And I was debating between two, two Thor characters, actually. Either Valkyrie or Lady Sif. And I feel like Valkyrie is just a good character. Did her thing in both Thor movies and like in her limited amount of screen time in Endgame, I believe. She did a good job. So I will not be naming her, but I will be naming Lady Sif as my next underrated character. I feel like she's the only character out of the Warriors 4 who actually has some personality, brings something to the screen, and looked like could have been a good love interest for Thor. And they never really explored that angle. I wonder why. Maybe they there was something there back in the day and they're better off as friends. But even that dynamic is just interesting and I would have liked to see more of that on the screen even seeing her in Thor Love and Thunder I was super pumped and then she just had the one scene in the beginning and then came back at the end still better than nothing glad to know she's still alive and her arm is chilling in Valhalla enjoying a Hmm. warrior's death celebration so Lady Sif don't know too much about her but in my opinion was always cool strong female character I'm a fan what are your thoughts on Lady Sif Great pick, Eric. I, I, I can. I looked at Thor's friends and considered like including one of them, but then I, I chose Heimdall. But uh, I love Lady Sif too. Um, I like Jamie Alexander. I think her name is who plays her, and she's fantastic. Great look, like she has the perfect like Viking look, and great good pick, Eric. Definitely criminally like not enough screen time for her. I'm gonna go with my next pick, which is another villain, of course. Uh, I'm gonna pick a. Uh, Vulture from uh, uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, played by Michael Keaton. I say he's underrated because I think Michael Keaton's a phenomenal actor. I love him and everything I've seen him. Watched him in movies since like the '80s, like over forty-year career, right? Forty-four decades of movies, and 
I love him in this movie. He like every time I rewatch it, he makes the movie like that much better. And I, I, I find his reasons like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's a family man. He's doing this for his wife and kids, right? His daughter. So <laughs> questionable motives. There's no kind of, but um, I don't know. I just like his dialogue. I like the scene with Peter in the car and when like the looks they're giving each other. I mean, maybe everyone loves him. Maybe everyone loves him in the movie, which is probably the case. But I just, he's even better than you realize because he's such a phenomenal actor, right? And that's why I included him in my list. I, I get excited to watch Homecoming because Michael Keaton's in it. And it's like, he's freaking amazing as Vulture. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I was actually going to pick him as well. On my, I'm not going to. I'm going to adapt on the fly here. So we're not just renaming the same characters. Like, we'll treat this as a draft, if you will. Great third round pick. Like, like you said, steals the show in every scene that he's in and is arguably more intimidating as Adrian Toomes, so his like just human persona, than his supervillain persona, Vulture. So because, with those looks that he gives, like that scene in the car with Peter, he delivers an all-time terrifying performance like imagine being a kid taking a girl out to prom and that's the guy driving you to prom like and, you're, and he's a super villain on top of that just to boot even if he wasn't a super villain that'd just be a scary car ride right so he's able to do so much in every scene he's in he's funny he's cool like you said good val good uh, good values and motivations i guess to provide for his family blue collar got tossed around in the dirt by tony stark Great opening scene to establish where he's coming from too, so you get some sympathy for him. And he's self-made man as well. Obviously, yeah, I took advantage of some forgetting the race of the aliens here, but their um technology. Chitari. The what sorry? The Chitari. Chitari, nice. Good pull. And yeah, taking advantage of the Chitari technology to exponentially increase the value of his um, product. And uh, yeah, no, just a cool character, big fan. I, I do agree that while I do think most people like him. He never gets brought up in those conversations for the greatest villains in MCU history. So therefore fully justifying the underrated pick. So my next one was, I was going to be him, but I'll flip over to another villain as well. Johan Schmidt, Red Skull. Captain America, First Avenger gets way too much hate in my opinion. I find it's a very fine movie especially to introduce the captain america character and like we've said multiple times this has been the case in this episode as well every hero needs a villain red skull is a fantastic villain again i feel like doesn't get brought up in great villain conversations he plays a, a hitler-esque character mad scientist and gets the ball rolling in terms of bringing forward infinity stones into the fold so extremely important villain that I also loved his return in Infinity War and Endgame. I thought the actor who played him was very solid and sinister and he has gone through a long journey that there's a lot of meat with that character as well that I feel like could be presented to the table to the table as viewers for us to digest. And his redemption story would be great to see. Not enough Red Skull. I think he's awesome. That would be my third pick. Great pick, Eric. Um you know what? I never considered him, but now when you mention him, I'm like, damn it, that's good. Because Hugo Weaving, yeah. phenomenal actor, does great as Red Skull. And we're going to talk about it later, but like the early movies are not as bad as I originally first like thought too. Like it's almost like a Star Wars prequel trilogy thing happening where like yeah. 
people are going to look back way more fondly on them. And we're going to talk about like the current state of Marvel later too. So we'll shelf that conversation for that. Um, good pick, Eric. Love it. Okay, I'm going to go with my last villain on here. And it's kind of controversial because he is very well liked, I believe. But I say he's well liked. I don't think people realize just how good he was in in Black Panther. And that is Killmonger. Um, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. I just... I know people are probably saying he's not underrated. Like, people love him. But, like, he makes that movie to me. Like, everything he says, all, like, the, the political, like, the hidden messages. Of, like, his dialogue is alluding to, like, real life stuff. Real life stuff and the oppression, oppression of the of his people. And all that stuff is great. But on top it off with, like, phenomenal acting by Michael B. Jordan. He's threatening. He's, he's like, the perfect villain. We would not be talking about Black Panther without Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. He steals every scene. Like, he, he eclipses uh, Chadwick Boseman, like, as T'Challa. Like, he's he's so awesome. So, I, I'm calling him under... I'm calling him, like, underappreciated. He should be appreciated way more. I could see the underappreciated angle. I don't think he's underrated, personally, because whenever you do see the top villain conversations, he normally is, like, at the top, like, in the top five for sure. And I've seen, like, consistent top three as well. Like, you get your Thanos, okay. Loki, and I would I would put Killmonger up there because I, I agree, amazing character and should be talked about even more, like, even outside of Marvel. Like, that's just a performance that should be viewed as, like, a phenomenal acting job. Steals the scene... Every time, powerful quotes, great physical presence too, charismatic. I love this character. Eric Killmonger is a legend. Kind of too bad that he got killed in that movie as well. I feel like yeah. there still could be an opportunity for him to come back in some way. But I don't know if that'd be the best thing to do to maybe just leave it as a one and done iconic villain performance. Yeah, those are my thoughts on the Killmonger underappreciated i could see underrated i don't know but that's fair so i guess my next you know what my hey you might say the same about my next pick now because i know what my number one will be but for this one it's like kind of a questionable one you can hey i just criticized this pick you can criticize this one as well so my next one would be from black panther mbaku so the the leader of the the i believe mountain tribe in wakanda who you know what also gathered a somewhat cult following in that people found him very funny. He, he ended up being an extremely clutch contributor in the battle at the end. A longtime rival, we'll say, of T'Challa. And they had a, a great fight scene in order like, to claim the title of king, I believe. I haven't seen Black Panther, so I gotta rewatch this movie. But when they fight to um, establish Black uh, T'Challa's authority... Following the death of his father, he challenges, M'Baku challenges T'Challa, great scene. And yeah, I just think every line he has is either unintentionally or intentionally hilarious. Like his charisma and personality shines in that movie. Yeah, anyways, that's all I have to say on M'Baku. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the next Black Panther movie. He's someone who could take on the mantle of Black Panther. I don't think it will be him, but could see it. So yeah, M'Baku, what are your thoughts on that? I'm definitely not going to criticize that pick because it's a, it's a good pick. I didn't even think of him, to be honest. Um, that actor is a great... He's a great actor. He was in Jordan Peele's Us yep. as the dad. He's fantastic in that movie, too. Very clutch. Yeah, good pick, Eric. I, I echo everything you say. 
kind of shooting myself for not like thinking of that. You did a really deep dive on this, like Wesley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, set the tone with not, Wesley for sure. I'll remember that sleeper pick Wesley for like the rest of my life. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Oh. The most. <laughs> this might be the most controversial thing I say all night, all day. I'll probably say a lot of controversial stuff during our, our upcoming talk too. So, but who I find the most underrated, and he's not a bad guy. Um, he is the Winter Soldier, okay, Bucky okay. Barnes. So I think Bucky's underrated because, yeah, he's so badass in every movie we see him in, every scene we see him in, Winter Soldier, Civil War, or even the TV show, Avengers. But, like, I, I feel like he's so underutilized. And, the more like, after watching the Captain America, uh, the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, I wanted to, I'm like, man... He's such an amazing actor, Sebastian Stan. Like I've seen him in other stuff since then. Mm. He is so good. We need to, we need like to make him the focus of a movie. And I, uh, I just, he's kind of like given the shaft, in my opinion, in the Avengers movie. You don't really see him too, too much. Yes, what is he gonna do against aliens? I get it. He's not like a super men- menacing foe, but like what he does excel at is like the more like Captain America level stuff, where there's like espionage, intelligence stuff, finding out stuff fighting falcon and winter soldier was it my favorite show no but like i loved watching him in it and i want to see him more and more and i feel like he's very underrated he doesn't get talked about as much as the big ones and i i I want him to be like a big one now like one of the main guys i love the winter soldier and come on like when winter soldier came out like that like elevated marvel's game to like oh my god these superhero movies are in a different category now and i think the winter soldier was a big part of that Great pick. I was debating Winter Soldier as well, honestly. I didn't just because I feel like, for me anyways, like Winter so- I've been a very vocal Winter Soldier guy on the pod. So I'm glad you brought him up, actually. So now I can also say a bit on his character. I agree. Underused to the fullest. Other than in his own movie, like the, uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, there's so much more they could have done with him. And I guess Civil War, he gets a bit of shine. But especially in the show, I feel like they did not capitalize on showing the his whole process of dealing with the remorse and all the kills that he's he was responsible for and just is like there could have been so much more growth with that character and to say you're putting forward a show called Falcon and the Winter Soldier and like ninety percent of the focus goes to Falcon. I feel like it was a bit of a misstep. But I do hope that going forward we get to see more of him and now as a fully reformed Bucky rather than Winter Soldier, if you know what I mean, that he's really hundred percent more at peace with himself and is in control at all times so yeah he's a badass part of some of the best action sequences like we saw in winter soldier iconic knife flips in civil war he was messing up the avengers and um he's a big part of why that movie was so good the the cap and bucky versus iron man 2v1 fight scene is one of my favorites still the shot where you see like iron man in the middle fending off both Bucky and uh, Cap at the same time and them just like passing the shield around and pummeling Iron Man is all time. Now I just want to watch Civil War and I should rewatch uh, Winter Soldier as well. But yeah, no, great pick, Matt. And I do agree he completely fits the bill. Underrated. That's a great pick. Not controversial. Honestly, I thought you were going to say Wong is underrated, which I would have completely (laughs) disputed because everyone loves Wong and that's why you didn't say him. That's a good call. Winter Soldier, yes. Wong, no. <laughs> I was going to say Wong, but then I started thinking about it. Like, yeah, no. no. Wong, everyone loves Wong. He's not underrated. 
So <laughs> my last one just had a show that was released this year that we can that we'll get into as well. Mark Spector, aka Moon Knight. I feel like no one talks about this character. He had an awesome show. It was my my third favorite show that's been released on Disney Plus. And I do feel like Oscar Isaac stole the show in that show, displaying multiple personalities. Also leaving the door open now for a third personality in the mix. If you caught that post-credit scene, acting clinic in my books, and there are some really cool action sequences in every episode with Moon Knight. I think he's awesome. I really hope we get to see him in future shows and movies going forward. Yeah, I just feel like that show came and went and literally no one talks about him. So that would be my pick to cap this off. That's a great pick, Eric. Um, You're right. Nobody talks about Moon Knight. Like I even stopped talking about it. And thinking back, I love the show too. Every episode got better in my opinion, especially when they get to Egypt and all that. And that like, the stuff going on in his mind and it was a great show. So yeah, criminally underrated because people don't realize like how good the show is because people, a lot of people haven't even watched the show. Which I find so strange. Like the aesthetics of the show and the character and the pedigree of Oscar Isaac, those are all eye grabbing features and something that should get people interested and excited and especially because it was presented as like a mystery and a psychological show which it was so completely different than from everything else we've seen from marvel it delivered on that front my books is it a 10 out of 10 show no but is it a damn good show and very enjoyable ride from start to finish yes and i would endorse a watch for those who haven't seen it and like I said, I hope this show continues to lead to other Moon Knight products, especially a season two, because that cliffhanger at the end was very interesting. And also give a little shout out to the homie Konshu as well. I was debating putting him as underrated, but Konshu is the Wong of the Moon Knight universe. Everyone loves Konshu, except for Mark Spector, of course. But I'm a Konshu guy through and through, so. Good, good. I love your list, Eric. Likewise. A little more obscure than mine. I think I went like... Had a couple easy picks there, I think, but <laughs> I just wanted to talk about those characters, really. Um, they fit the umbrella, right? Like, we cast a wide umbrella as well, which allowed for anything and anyone to be included in here. So, we also got quite a few listener submissions, actually, for underrated characters, which was fun to see. So, thank you to everyone who submitted an answer. I'll start at the top. First one was from the homie Basam Issa. His was... Drax from the Gardens of the Galaxy movies. I'm a big Drax fan myself. I don't know if he's underrated, to be honest. But because he does have a big voice and he is very funny, like kind of a not a scene stealer necessarily, but he never misses, in my opinion. Drax always hits. And uh, but yeah, maybe people don't talk about him enough and people think Gardens of the Galaxy, they think Star Lord. They think Rocket Groot. So maybe then in the hierarchy, Drax does fall a little bit. Maybe even a Mantis bypasses him in some people's rankings. So perhaps you could say that Drax... Drax is underrated. Come around. What are your thoughts on Drax, Matt? When you came around just there, I was thinking the same thing. He doesn't get that much screen time. Like maybe Basan means like we'd like to see him more on screen, like doing his thing or maybe just scenes with him alone. So yeah, I think he's underappreciated. And that, he's under, he needs to be, like, shown more. I agree. It's true. So, yeah, thank you, Bassam. The next one was from the homie Dylan Deschamps. So, he said, Hawkeye. 
Man was there for every fight, and he don't miss. You want to take that one on, Matt? I thought a lot about Hawkeye. Like, I was thinking, because I was like, do I add him to my list? He, we've seen a lot of Hawkeye. It's hard to explain. Like, after watching the TV show, I don't think I like Hawkeye as much as I thought after watching the Hawkeye TV show. I don't know what it is. He's great, but, like, I think he's perfectly, like, we have just amount, the right amount of Hawkeye in the Avenger movies. So I don't know if I agree with the underrated. Like we've seen, we've seen him a lot. I just, he's not one of my, personally not one of my favorite characters, I think. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, he's a tough one to really pin down like what he is. You know, like I, I definitely see the underrated angle, but we also have seen a lot of him, but we haven't seen that much of him. You know what I mean? Like he's there all the time. Like you don't miss a fight, like Dylan said. He don't miss, but the psychology of the characters, and I don't know if that's what we need to be grading here, but it hasn't really been explored to the fullest, which could also push the point that he is underrated because we haven't even truly got gotten to know him in all the time we've spent with him. Therefore, there's a lot more to unpack in that character doesn't get the love he deserves, and they just throw him in there like, yeah, you, you're consistent, you, you hit your marks, you're good for us, but we're not going to give you more than that. Even in a show called Hawkeye, we're going to focus on KB, Kate Bishop, great character. So, I don't know. It's tough to say. I'm indecisive here. I know it's to the listeners, this must be painful to listen to. But I'm going to say yes, underrated, Hawkeye. It's the, okay. the landing spot for him. Also, you know, I'm going to take in what factored in that decision is the court of public opinion towards Hawkeye's pure slander, which I feel like he does not deserve. Overhated, underrated. Good character. Thank you, Dill. The next one was from Ron Antoine. His pick was Hulk. Underrated. I could see that in the sense that Hulk hasn't really gotten his shine in the same way as Hawkeye. Like He's been there a lot, but... Never had his own movie, never had his own show. If, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the other, like Eric Bana, Edward Norton, but those really aren't in scope here. Hulk, to me, probably least favorite main Avenger. And I'm interested to see what they do with him in She-Hulk. Like, I hope he gets a good chance yeah. to um, be developed more in that show, which I think is a nine-episode show. So a lot of time to spend with him alongside his cousin, Jennifer, I believe. Yeah, Hulk was cool in Avengers... I liked him in... I didn't like him in Age of Ultron, actually. I thought that romance was out of left field with um, Black Widow. That was completely random. Still, it doesn't hold up revisiting that movie. He was good in Ragnarok. Like, Mark Ruffalo, I feel like, get has gotten better with the character with time, which is a good sign. But he was really good in Avengers, too. Like, very goofy, walking on egg, eggshells around everybody. And when he had the scepter in his hand, like, that was a funny moment in the... The plane. Anyways, those are my thoughts on Hulk. Not those are great thoughts, Eric. I agree with a lot of them. Um, I like Hulk because I like Mark Ruffalo, and he, like you said, he's been getting better every movie. But I can see a case for him being underrated for sure because he's not like he was under, not underdeveloped, but like they could develop his story a lot more and make him more the focus. Basically, what you said, Eric, is you're absolutely right. And um, fans of the comics are probably screaming like, "Oh my God, there's so much more to him. He can like." Right. He, they only show like an ounce of his power. Like he's like every fight he could go like 
murk everybody like so easily and like he's he's like they restrain him almost maybe because they don't want a huge cgi fest and it would take too much like time to have huge hulk fights but like like the hulk is the best right in terms of power so yeah he is i guess he, he is underrated for sure in regards to the comics that you mentioned like i'm obviously not well versed on the comics but i am aware of certain storylines and i've seen on online that people are clamoring for the world war hulk storyline to come to life which i don't know much about it but just the name it sounds awesome so i'd love to see that happen unfortunately i've seen reports that that's very unlikely to happen because unless they come at it from a different angle maybe using the multiverse because the ragnarok movie kind of screwed that up in that when hulk leaves earth in age of ultron and we know he goes god knows where he begins to go on a rampage that eventually leads him to go to sakar which is where thor meets up with him in the gladiator pit so that whole arc would have been resolved by the time that they meet on that planet right so they shot that storyline down unfortunately but it would be cool to see like a a world ravishing hulk i think that's the the gist of that storyline it'd be cool to see like hulk turn villain like i like I hope they go down the path of making certain heroes villains like they did with Scarlet Witch in um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. So Hulk would be prime candidate for that treatment. So we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, I agree. Hulk uh, underrated in the MCU for sure. Um, the next one was from the homie former guest Kyle Barber. He went with another member of the Guardians of the Galaxy group, Groot. What are your thoughts on Groot as underrated, Matt? I don't think he's underrated. Like we could see more. They could, I guess, they could show more of him. But like, he can only say one thing, so <laughs> it's very limited in what they can do with him. Although I just, I heard there's like five shorts that just came out with Baby Groot or Teenage Baby Groot, I think, yep. or Kid Groot, Baby and he's like little missions. I don't think Groot's underrated because everyone loves him. Like, who hates Groot? Psychopaths. He is awesome, right, Eric? Yep. So. I can I can see a case for more screen time for him, I guess, but what, what he's super limited. I'm excited to to get to where Groot was in Guardians of the Galaxy. To be honest, I'm kind of sick of prepubescent, annoying Groot. Like I want to see adult Groot. I've had too many kid Groot movies, and I agree he's not really. I don't think he's underrated. Everyone loves him. He's like like I just said, he's gotten some backlash from the fans in the stage he's in now but adult group people love and baby group people love just gotta snip the one in the middle but i agree not underrated great character maybe could do more but like you said his um vernacular and speaking abilities are quite limited so not much you can really do to develop that character more than that so thank you for the pick kyle the next one is from your mom, Matt, Taunt Mary. Hers was Falcon. Which I could definitely see a case for underrated for Falcon. Now he's going to be thrown into, into a larger role as Captain America. That underrated mantle should be shed from him if handled properly. I do think he took the most of that opportunity in his show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He stole the show in there. Before then, he was definitely underrated. Like He barely got screen time. It was a trusty sidekick to Cap, but we didn't get to see much of him. Now going forward, I, I think he's going to be at the forefront of the Avengers if he can step up and take on the mantle of Captain America as Steve Rogers did. 
I'm pumped for his movie. Like Captain America, New World Order. That should be interesting. And I want to see Bucky in there too, side by side. Those two be good stuff. I used to not be a Falcon fan. Like I was a vocal hater of Falcon. I've come around on him now, especially since the show. I feel like he's uh, gotten better with time and uh, I'm interested to see where he goes going forward. Wow, yeah. You said it. You just said it. Captain America, New World Order. This is where he shed. Like, it's Anthony Mackie's moment to shine, and I think he's going to excel. He's a great actor. The show made him... I think the show shed him of his underrated mantle, I think. Because uh, we got, like, we got a lot... Like, we got a backstory. got his family in there. We have, we've seen so much of him, but definitely underrated in all the other movies where he just gets little, like... He's in some scenes with the with the main dudes, and he's he gets his f- moments in the fight scenes. But like, you're right, that's a good pick. I didn't know my mom. Th- I didn't think she'd pick that one though. But yeah, good pick. Who did you think she would pick? I uh, like, like happy. I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, happy. <laughs> That'd be a good pick too. Happy's the best. Or Aunt May. I don't Aunt know. May, yeah. yeah. Good picks too. Falcon also good pick. Tom Mary. So thank you. The next one was from my uh, mom's good friend and also my friend, Sylvie Patnaud. Hers was Black Widow. I think she's also underrated, to be honest. Like she's she's close, like she's in that Hawkeye range, right? In that even with her movie that she got, like it wasn't the best movie for her, in my opinion. It didn't tell the the story I think that needed to be told. But then again, then we got to find out that she had a family and all that, like with the introduction of Yelena, but that's not what we're focusing on. I like Black Widow. I was a big fan when she was introduced in um, Iron Man 2. She's gone through ups and downs. Like, has some annoying lines here and there. Like, an all-timer in Infinity War. We don't have to kill you, but we will. It's just, like, it's a tough one. But, (laughs) no, I like Black Widow. I agree. I would say underrated as well. I can see a case for underrated... Not in the sense that, like, she's on, we see her plenty on screen, but underrated in the sense that, like, she's, she has no superpowers and she's keeping up with everyone and she's super badass and strong. Like, she's definitely underrated in that sense. Super strong female character, like, the, the strongest, really. And she's been there since Iron Man 2. Scarlett Johansson's, like, iconic now as Black Widow and mm-hmm. underrated in terms of, like, she's actually, like, She's just like Hawkeye in the sense that like she's fighting aliens, basically. It's like she shouldn't be that good, but she is. So, yeah. The next one was from the homie Dan Deschamps. So his was the guy I brought up as well last, Moon Knight. So I'm glad we're in agreement, Dan. Nothing else to add on my end. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. I know Dan was a big Moon Knight fan as well. Would probably say it's a top three show for him. I'm just going to assume that. And, um, yeah, I just want to see more. Like, I, it'd be cool to see him in the Avengers. I'm interested to see how they're going to handle the multiple personalities, though, right? Like, in the show, it really works. But in a movie, there's going to be so less screen time for him to really get into the Steven versus Mark debates. Like, it'll be little one lines. And then some, it'll cut to someone like, all right, what's wrong with this weirdo or whatever? And like, oh, nothing. He's uh, whatever. I don't even know what they'd say. But there won't be as much time devoted to his internal dialogues you know what i mean hey i i wish i had known that information beforehand that he was a moon knight fan i could have like right as he's about to make a shot in beer pong like distracted <laughs> him with some comments because he eliminated my team anyways there's no uh, stopping we'll be him. talking about that another time i feel like that would have just fueled the fire if anything he's like oh, channeling his inner conchu and just drink <laughs> even more cups 
You know, that's what was missing. Could have taken it all home. And the last one was from the homie Klesin Ud, former guest. Hers was the thespians in Thor, Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth. Their devotion to theater is too much. <laughs> Great pick. <laughs> okay, that trumps your Wesley pick. Oh, yeah. Her sleeper. That's a, you can't top that. I think it is underrated because it's hilarious. The fact that it, come on, Luke Hemsworth, like, that's perfect. And Matt, oh, yeah, good, good pick. Good pick. It's a great pick. I feel like they not necessarily steal the show. In the, like They're in like one or two scenes per movie. But they're always hilarious in those scenes and bring some good light to those movies. And good, yeah, like I said, good light in life. So great picks. And uh, they are underrated. It's true. Don't really get brought up in mainstream Marvel serious conversations. So yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for your um, submissions. We got another question from my girlfriend, Andy. So she asked, and this could also lead into our conversation very nicely. Is Marvel content becoming watered down because they're creating so many shows and movies? So thank you for the question, Andy. This is something I never would have thought I'd be saying yes to if you asked me this two years ago but now in what we've seen in the last year I am starting to not worry but just kind of worry about the content they're putting forward like I just finished Miss Marvel today it was okay and I don't find that all the movies that were released this year just to over provide a quick overview on both Doctor Strange and Thor which I've now seen twice I think for the caliber of those characters, going into this year, I was extremely excited that we're getting a Doctor Strange, a Thor, and a Black Panther movie. And both the Doctor Strange and Thor movies have been, they've been good, but not up to the standard of what we've seen before. And I do feel like a factor for that is content is maybe starting to become watered down. That definitely applies for the shows. Like, and like I said, only Moon Knight, WandaVision, and Loki have truly impressed me those would be my thoughts on that question it's not to be negative it's just to be honest about what has been released what are your thoughts matt well great question andy um i thought a lot about this because i had a feeling we were going to talk about this thing right now so and i just this is me coming off watching the first episode of miss marvel last night and i'm a hundred percent with you eric yes it is getting watered down and I'm not liking it. Uh, like watching the first episode of Miss Marvel, I was like, I've like we've seen this before a hundred times, not just in Marvel movies, but now like we've seen Marvel movies do this. But like I, I'm tired of watching the same old stuff. Yeah. Not nothing has topped Infinity. I keep repeating it like every like month, like six months or so. But like Infinity War is the benchmark for superhero movies: the action, the storytelling, the pacing, and like nothing's topped that yet. Was I expecting Doctor Strange or Thor four to top Infinity War? No, but. It should have been, you're right, Eric, it should have been better. We had Eternals, which was a huge disaster. Black Widow, which was mediocre at best. Half the shows have been mediocre at best, too. And Loki and WandaVision have introduced cool ideas that, like, kept it, it's fresh, it's original. But I think we're being flooded right now, and not in a good way. And I'm a little worried, too, actually. Like, I have, I wrote a, I wrote the whole list of stuff that's coming out. Phase 4, Phase 5, like, I wrote the whole list and like, 
man, like if half of these movies are bad and shows are bad, like there's like six shows I wrote down. I'm like, what's what's going to happen? We're just not going to watch it. And then they're going to get even worse, uh, sadly. So I think we're going through a little like dip in the curve of Marvel content quality. But I'm hoping movies like uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty and like those ones bring it back up. Did we see a little dip in like phase one, two, like with the Thor of the Dark Worlds and, you know, those movies, Iron Man 3, you know, it could go back up. I'm just very disappointed in the last two years, Eric, like you. Um, nothing wrong with Thor 4 and Doctor Strange 2 for entertaining, very entertaining, but like they didn't bring anything new to the table, in my opinion. Uh, do you want to get to like specifics now or? Yeah, we can definitely do that. So we've given our thoughts on... Um... And I'm glad you also just quickly mentioned that there was a dip back in the day. So there's definitely hope that we can get back on track. I think we will. I'm excited for what's to come, like for those Avengers movies specifically. But yeah, so specifics, like I said, Doctor Strange, I, I want to rewatch it again. I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I liked the horror aspects. I thought that was really cool. Like that was really original and unique. We've never seen that in MCU. I loved them. So yeah, we're going to like full on spoilers for these movies if you haven't seen them. I love that they made Scarlet Witch a villain. That was awesome. You saw the extent of her powers when she wants something. She's going to get it. She didn't get it in the end, but she can if she she could if she really wanted to. And she went toe-to-toe with Doctor Strange. Messed up superheroes in a way we've never seen before. Thought that was super cool how she dismantled the Illuminati in, what, less than five minutes? Awesome stuff. Doctor Strange, I thought was good. Like, but going into that movie, that's the thing. It, the trailers looked so cool, and like they're gonna introduce some really cool multiverse stuff, and they kind of did, but they didn't fully take advantage of the potential of the multiverse. I think it's a good movie, but not mind blowing. And I was kind of expecting mind blowing, which might have been my, that's on me. Like you said last episode, for going into something expecting it to be what you want it to be. Should you be mad? that it didn't give you what you thought it would be you know so that's a prime example of what you had introduced last episode and again though like that in this movie specifically i feel like the comedy was starting to get a little worn out like all the quips and stuff that a lot of them did not land in my opinion like i remember them talking about to america chanez i forget her last name um, and they're talking about spider-man she's like oh there's a spider-man like yeah he shoots webs he shoots webs out his butt and I don't know, like, maybe that's just for the kids. Maybe that, that hits with the kids. But for me, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is just dumb. And thankfully, Wong was in that scene. He brought a different angle to the table. And Wong doesn't miss. That's we've That's been established. But, yeah, good movie. Not great. Excited to rewatch it, though. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled Easy Conversations program. I just want to interject here and just... Add some additional post-production comments and that since recording the episode last night, I've actually re-watched the Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. I was completely wrong saying that uh, the movie didn't introduce any topics and ideas that would be useful going forward. It actually does introduce the incursion concept that will be prevalent in the upcoming Avengers movie. So realities collapsing in on one another. So I guess that I completely forgot about that. So I just want to apologize, to the, or not even apologize, you know, it's just going to be interesting to hear the contrast in what I said yesterday and now what I'm saying 
quickly, you know, that's enough out of me for now. I just want to say I was wrong. I actually really enjoyed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness the second time. I liked it the first time. I liked it even more the second time. So great movie, actually. Coming around. Great, not good. Proceed, Matt. You said a lot of good stuff there, Eric. I love the dark aspect of the movie. Making Wanda the villain was like... Mm -hmm. The reason why the movie's good, to be honest, it's a stroke of genius. But, like, now they've pretty much Elizabeth Olsen and Wanda. Like, we're going to see less and... Like, I don't know what her future... Where her future lies with Marvel, to be honest. I haven't been reading anything, though. Maybe she's signed for five more movies, for all I know. But, like, I feel like you're trying to close her out, which is not good because she's phenomenal. Um, the movie was predictable. It wasn't... I don't know, the more I was watched, like, I was super pumped at the beginning of the movie, halfway through, I'm, like, still on board, but, like, the more the movie's going on, I'm, like, getting a little fatigued, and I'm, like, okay, like, this isn't really the move where I thought it was headed. Mm. Doctor Strange is an interesting character. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I just, sometimes, like, I get a little irritated with all, like, the, they're trying to explain so many things. They crammed a lot in there, you're right. They crammed so much in there, and sometimes it's just, like, just make it so, just make it simpler, and... I don't know. Maybe the action could have been done differently. Like, I'm waiting... What I'm waiting for from a movie like Doctor Strange 2 is, like, introduce some new, like, the way they do action, basically, like Infinity Wars did. It always goes back to Infinity Wars. When I was in the theater, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know action could be done this way. Like, just the fluidity and, like, the the clearness of the CGI and the way the fights are choreographed was, like, phenomenal. I wanted Doctor Strange to, like maybe top that which is super ambitious i don't know are you a fan eric of all those like the fighting in the mirror world and all that stuff yeah dark? those are hit or miss for me to be honest like sometimes they're yeah. cool other times they're not i did i feel like i liked it in the spider-man no way home movie i forget how it went down in um, the the latest doctor strange movie to be honest i remember even seeing like the first doctor strange movie i didn't i wasn't that impressed by it in general and I don't remember if I thought the action in the mirror dimension was that cool. But you're right. Like to draw back to Infinity War 2. I would have loved to see Doctor Strange actually fight like he did in Infinity War against Thanos. Like that's still the GOAT Doctor Strange action scene we've yeah. ever seen so far. So cool. Him using all of his powers against Thanos. Using a bunch of different stones against him too. Awesome stuff. And yeah, there was a cool scene with the musical notes and stuff. And I forget if we've already talked about this on the pod. I'll just quickly say, I thought it was cool at first, but I feel like the scene went on for way too long. And then all the different notes that were flying, I, I kind of got fed up with it, to be honest. Initially, it was like, oh, this is really original. But after that, you know, Wanda's not going to end the movie as a villain, or I, I thought she would be turned in the end as Vader was in Return of the Jedi. I, I, force, I foreseen it as the Emperor did. And... I thought that, um, yeah, it was predictable. And not that I need to always have the stakes be high, but it does help. And it'll draw back to my Eternals comment. The whole movie, I know, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Earth isn't going to blow up here, right? And it didn't. So you knew it was going to be the same thing in this movie as well. Which is kind of similar. I guess like a lot of the Marvel movies do this there, but if, if we go to Love and Thunder, like, kind of know that... Things would, are going to be okay, but you didn't know who was going to die in the end. So I don't know if, if you had any other thoughts on Doctor Strange. I don't want to wrap that up if you had anything else to say, but that, that's all I have on Doctor Strange. Me too, really, Eric. Like this. Thanks for mentioning Thor Love and Thunder because I was going to bring that up next. Like 
and I talked. I've been talking to a lot of coworkers about Thor: Love and Thunder, and I think Ta- Taika Waititi was given like a little too much leeway and like mm-hmm. too much freedom and too much comedy, perhaps. Which, but that also made Thor three super successful. But it was it was an excess of like it was Thor three, but like jacked up to eleven or something. It was just too much of like the silliness, right? And maybe I think I. I gave Thor 4 a lot of praise, but look, thinking back, like, it's not as good as I thought. I bet you I watch it at home, I'm like, oh yeah, it's not as good as in the theater. It's probably super cringy, too, honestly. Not a boring movie at all, like, super fun to watch, but, like, it's not adding anything new. Am I right, Eric? Agreed. And uh, so I went back in the theaters and saw it a second time. This time, knowing everything that happened, I was less critical of it and actually enjoyed it more the second time. But it's still it still doesn't come close to the level of Ragnarok. And I will, I still stand by my comments. I made about the first 15 minutes. I was super unsure about where this is going. And like you, I identified immediately that based on the success Ragnarok had where Taika had to maybe rein it in a little bit and just introduce some different ways of presenting dialogue and colors and all that. They're like, all right, go nuts with this movie. And he definitely did go nuts. That god that gets killed in the beginning with like his, like all the, the, his movements and the way he talks, I could not stand and still couldn't stand him the second time. The goats were so fucking annoying. I could not stand them the first and second time. I don't know about you. People were laughing in the theater. I didn't find it funny at all. I just found it extremely annoying. That didn't hold up both times. The other thing that I found annoying the first time was Zeus. I didn't know what to think about him, to be honest. But then the second time, I'm like, all right, you know what? He, 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 very goofy portrayal of a god such a, of Zeus's stature. But I, I came around on, Go, uh, on Zeus the second time. And he had some funny moments. And also, the stakes kind of did feel higher. But you knew that he wasn't going to kill all the gods in the end. Like, you knew... Thor wasn't going to die, or I didn't think he would anyways, but I didn't know about, like, uh, Valkyrie. I thought she could go. That that would have been a great death for her. I'm glad she didn't die, and I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad Jane died, to be honest. Like, it would have been kind of a cheap trick if no one died. So, great way for her to go out. I thought uh, Natalie Portman killed it as Mighty Thor. I was a big fan of hers. Might have been a little rushed, though, to be honest, and like, some people disagree with me on this point, but I feel like the transition from her jumping from Natalie from a from Jane to Mighty Thor in that fight scene was so quick and barely explained maybe it didn't need to be explained I don't know but I thought she did a great job I love the crew of Korg Mighty Thor Valkyrie and Thor thought that was great yeah I know it's a good movie honestly like I 7 out of 10 for sure but like you said doesn't introduce anything new and doesn't move the plot of the multiverse saga forward at all like it was a standalone movie wow very well said eric uh, I, I love the adventure aspect of the movie like those four characters like christian bale as a bad guy was cool oh yeah it's just stuff like uh to give you an example stuff like you know when he rescues all the kids and then he gives them all powers and they fight the bad guys like it's i don't know if it's corny or cheesy like i was like pumped in the theater to see that and hearing the soundtrack too like guns and roses was cool but like i don't know like how many times is Marvel going to do this? You know, the feel good, like we, he literally did the same thing in Thor Ragnarok with like a Led Zeppelin song. It's just like, change it up, do something completely different. And I have, 
I'm looking at all these new movies that are going to come out, and I hope one of them, like, just breaks the mold and changes up the Marvel scene. Now everybody has to match up to that movie. That's what I really want. You know, it's been f five, no, four years since Infinity Wars, or five, four. Give me something new, basically. Maybe I'm being picky, but you know what? The movie market is so, like, there's so much competition. They have to be, like, they have to keep it up, or we're not going to go see those movies, so... Um, yeah, Thor 4 was just, it was not better than Thor 3, and to me it had to be better than Thor 3. Yeah. High bar to reach. Thor Ragnarok is one of the be best Marvel movies in my opinion, and I, d I disagree. I did like the kids getting the powers, to be honest. Like, I, I, I get your point that it's not something we've never seen before, but at the same time, I don't think that has ever happened in the MCU. So for me, it was a welcome change. I didn't, I didn't even see it coming that he would give them all powers. Like maybe I should have watching it the second time when I went to see it with Zach. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to see it coming that that's what's going to happen. Obviously, I knew it was going to come. So it was, I was looking at it differently. But in the moment, I remember being like, okay, they have these like, this, this girl has like a doll in her hands. They have like rocks. Like how are they going to hold up to these shadow monsters, right? I thought it was awesome. Like I was a big fan of that with the music. I agree. Like we've seen it a few times before it, that still hit for me. And I was a big fan of the shadow realm as well. Like all the, the scenes in black and white, the aesthetics were so cool. Christian Bale killed it. Maybe he'll be an underrated character down the road. Who knows? Because he wasn't in there enough. Like I, didn't, I feel like we didn't get enough of him in this movie. Apparently like the Taika Waititi cut is like four hours long and I'm sure we get way more of Gore the God Butcher in that cut. I don't know if we'll, that'll ever see the light of day. Probably not. But um, I was a big fan of his character. Soul the show. I now wonder for the future of Thor. Like, are we going to see him team up with Love, his literal daughter in real life and adopted daughter in the MCU, right? I wonder what the future is for that character. If they go down like a young Avengers path, is she going to be the Thor equivalent for the kids? That'll be interesting to see. Like a lot of the stuff it, the movie did, I liked. And honestly, I forget if you've seen Ted Lasso or not, but the cherry on top was seeing Roy Kent as Hercules in that post credit scene. I was so pumped. I literally yelled out in the theaters again, let's go. Uh, okay, I didn't, no, I've not seen Ted Lasso. I was wondering who that actor was, but uh, that's hilarious. Gotta get on that show. Great show. Speaking of shows and like the upcoming Marvel shows, like, do any of them excite you, Eric? Like, I'm looking at uh, Daredevil, Daredevil, Born Again, Agatha, Loki 2, Echo, Ironheart, Secret Invasion. Like, does that excite you when I mention those titles, or are you just like, oh, half of them will probably be like, like Miss Marvels, and then another half of them will be probably amazing, like Loki, right? Sadly, I think that's a you hit the nail on the head with that that assessment. I think that's exactly what it's gonna be. And I also put up a story real quick about what people are excited for in the upcoming phase. And both Dill and Daniel, my cousins, both said Loki season two, and Dill also said Secret Invasion. So looking at that timeline, I would agree with that too. Of what I know about Secret Invasion, it's a Skrull invasion on Earth. And some of them are trying to abuse their powers, I think anyways, while others are trying to rectify the wrong that the other Skrulls have done. I mean, something along those lines anyway. So I feel like that could be interesting to see. We're going to have Amelia Clark in that show as well. So I'm pumped to see her in the MCU. No idea what what her role is going to look like, but can't go wrong with some Daenerys preseason eight in there. And I do think that Loki season two, if it builds off its first season 
has the potential to be a great show. And I really want to see in that show, Kang the Conqueror. Like, that's the character now, the next big bad that... Obviously, his movie is going to be in 2025, the Kang Dynasty. So we need to see him a little bit before that movie to really get a sense of the terror that he's going to reign supreme over everyone in that movie. And he's going to be in the next Ant-Man movie, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm pumped for the next Ant-Man movie. But if we're going to focus on the shows, for me it would be Loki, Secret Invasion, yeah, and Daredevil. Daredevil for sure. Ironheart, Echo... Agatha, no, I'm not excited for those shows, straight up, like, I'll watch them, obviously, and She-Hulk, like, at the time of recording, like, She-Hulk will be out in a week's time, I'm not, not excited for She-Hulk, like, I'm gonna watch it again, but it'll be like a Miss Marvel in which I waited, like, a month to finish this show, and I wasn't in a hurry to, to finish, I just did for this episode, and, um, just obviously to see what happens, but, yeah, that's my assessment on it, what about you, are there any shows in there that interest you? Definitely Loki and uh, Secret Invasion now interests me because I had no idea what it was about. But if it's about that, then I'm pumped. But Daredevil, it's been so long since I watched Daredevil. I'm really excited to like dive back into that character because I, I love the Daredevil show. Um, Loki is going to progress the story, the main like multiverse story along like the first season, I'm hoping. So super pumped for Loki season two. That show, like Loki season one, really like kind of restored like my faith and like okay marvel like they have a plan just trust in them there's going to be some crap coming up but like shows that shows like loki are what are making me coming back for more okay so secret invasion is really piquing my interest now i had no idea i have no idea what echo is either ironheart i read a little bit about it but like i don't know well- so Echo is the character that was introduced in uh, Hawkeye, right? The um, deaf character. Right. And right. she was interesting. Okay. Like she's, um, we don't really know much of Maya Lopez. That's her name. And um, I thought she was an interesting character. We didn't get to see that much about her, but we got like glimpses into her past. And obviously we're probably going to keep getting flashbacks and her relationship with Kingpin will be on display. I would imagine. I feel like her dad, a great actor, forgetting his name, Steve Zahn, I believe, will be in that show as well. And another one that we just mentioned, the homie Matt Murdock will be in Echo. So he's going to keep popping up in all these shows. I don't want to spoil anything for you, though, like for another show that he might pop up in, so won't say anything. But Daredevil is on the rise, and anything that he's a part of is something that I will be interested in watching. His show, I'm excited for it. At the same time, worried because now it won't be, it won't have the same parental guidance rating as it did on Netflix, which was a 14A show, brutal violence in that show. And some of the best action scenes we've seen in Marvel content alongside Punisher, who I hope they bring back. Now I wonder what they're going to do in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with this character, right? Like I still feel like they'll, they'll deliver with some great action sequences like we saw in Shang-Chi like that was some amazing martial arts stuff but it just won't be as as brutal as we saw in Daredevil but I'm still excited for it obviously I'm not sad I'm pumped for getting the show great point about Disney like making it more PG and that's what it's always the fear with Disney right like how intense are they gonna go like the most intense they've gone is like Infinity War Endgame um which is 
a good level of intense, but yeah, we won't get those like three minute hallway fight scenes. No. Here, here's a thought I had also switching it to movies. Mm. I'm afraid that Guardians 3 is going to be like the Thor 4 in terms of like James Gunn has like unlimited power now and it's just going to be like over the top comedy silliness with the Guardians. I'm just hoping that movie has a great story and like it's not just like a filler movie where it's like a, like an open and done. Like I hope it just progresses the story and we see the Guardian. They're just setting up the Guardians for the next their next step after Guardians 3. Like that movie really worries me to be honest. Because it has, like, it has everything to lose, right? Like, everyone's going to be super hyped for Guardians 3. What do you think? It does. And of what I've seen, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but I'm fairly certain this is going to be the last we see of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think this is their send-off. So for that reason, I think they won't play in too much to the goofy side of things. They can't. Like, if it is their last appearance, it has to be an emotional send-off. And I have a feeling that's what it's going to be based on what I've seen at like Comic-Con. I don't know if you watched the panel, the interview, all the cast members were very emotional and saying that this was a, a big one to film. So if anything, I feel like it's leading towards a darker take and maybe we'll see like some deaths in this movie. I don't know. Not that that's what's needed for an emotional movie, but that's what I'm hoping happens in that they deal with loss and it isn't the same guardians that we've seen in every movie because like you said it has the potential to be a thor 4 in that we've seen the the jokes non-stop in every single appearance they've been in except for infinity war where we see some emotional sides to um, gamora and peter quill like that was intense so i think that's something else that needs to be addressed in there is how is he doing following the loss of gamora is it is it still even affecting him who knows because time has passed now since Infinity War with the blip, the time jump. So, I think it'll be a, a good movie. I hope so, anyways. And same thing with Ant-Man and the Wasp. I feel like going into Phase 5, they need to switch gears and make things more intense. Because Phase 4, nothing of significant importance has happened other than Far From Home. Like That was a, a crazy movie in that Spider-Man is now completely gone. No one remembers him. He's go He's gone rogue. He's out of the Avengers now. Other than that... All the movies have been pretty low risk, low stakes. Or I guess Doctor Strange too. Some big stuff happened. But anyways, that's my piece on that. The other, uh, going down the list, like the two that I'm looking forward to the most are Blade and the Fantastic Four movie. Mm. Um, for Fantastic Four, I've yet to see a good Fantastic Four movie, first <laughs> of all. So like, well, this like is fourth, fourth time's a charm. I don't know. But I hope this is what they need to do. Like Doctor Doom, Victor Von Doom is one of the most like awesome bad guys in comic books, TV. Sh every out of like every like he is an amazing. He's it was so underused in the movie from like eighteen years ago. But like they need to nail that character, and he's gonna be awesome, and we're all gonna love like that villain. And Fantastic Four are great characters too. So like I'm super pumped for them to like. Can they make a good movie? And Blade is just gonna be like. Just a badass, like, I mean, Marshala Ali, like, phenomenal actor. I can't wait for Blade 2. Um, but yeah, Fantastic Four, like, are you pumped? Are you going to, like, fourth time's a charm? Very pumped. I agree. Those are the two I'm probably looking at being the most excited while still being excited for Ant-Man, like I said. Those ones, I've never seen the Blade movies, so I'm, 
I should watch like I don't know how many there are, but I know the first one is probably pretty good. Fantastic Four. I haven't seen those movies in so long. I don't even think I've seen the second one. But just of what I know of Doctor Doom, his look in general is iconic. Is so cool. MF Doom, rest in peace, has catered his whole look around Doctor Doom, right? So, I think, like you said, need to nail down that character because after we're done with Kang as our next big villain, it should shift to Doctor Doom. Ideally, we see both of them in the same timeline of movies, segueing from Kang to Doctor Doom, from Kang the, the Kang Dynasty to Secret Wars. That's what I want to see happen. And... That's the most important piece for Fantastic Four is a good Doom. Then you need a good Reed Richards, which I found uh, John Krasinski to be fantastic in the Doctor Strange movie. I loved him in that role. So I want to see him reprise the role. I want to see like the fan, I don't know if it's a theory or movement, they want Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman. I love that. And then another rumor, I don't know if, like I said, these are just fan speculations here, is Joe Keery as... Um, Johnny Blaze, is that his name? I'd love that. I feel like that'd be awesome for him as uh, Johnny, whatever his name is, Johnny Storm. And then The Thing, this one is pretty much official, I think anyways. Do you want me to say who's been cast in that role potentially or wait yeah, for Yeah, tell me. So the the rumors are that Jason Siegel will be appearing as The Thing. <laughs> what? No, you're joking. Really? So, obviously, this isn't confirmed, but there's reputable sources that have indicated that he may be appearing in an upcoming product that'll be released, and we'll find out then and there if that is the case. So, that'd be an interesting foursome of uh, Fantastic Fours. And yeah, Mahershal Ali is Blade. I'm pumped to see, and I'm pretty sure um, Kit Harrington will, will be in the Blade movie as yeah. well, reprising his role in Eternals as Dane Whitman. So I'm pumped to see him in that role as well as the Ebony Blade, I believe. So good stuff coming. I am excited for Phase 5. Can't wait to get the hell out of Phase 4. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm pumped for Black right. Panther, though, to be honest. I'm extremely excited for that movie. I haven't seen the trailer, but like that has to be a good movie. Like there's This one, they cannot afford to have just be like, yeah, it was a good movie. You know, it needs to be... That was an amazing movie. Like That needs to be the takeaway. Maybe that's a crazy take and that... I'm setting myself up for disappointment, but I feel like that's the standard they should be holding themselves up to. Yeah, I'm hoping Black Panther two re like gives a jump start to like the heart of like Marvel movies and like reinvigorates everyone's passion again and like, all right, now we're pumped for the the stuff coming up yes. after. Yeah, so like we had Black Panther one come out before Infinity War, right? And like yep. that was like setting us up for like an even greater movie so hopefully black panther 2 is just setting us up for like craziness in terms of like cinematic spectacles and real amazing action i watched the trailer eric actually you know i say i never watched trailers sarah told me she's like man it was so sad it was like and they don't show a lot that's what convinced me to watch it and you know it's very emotional trailer so it doesn't doesn't show anything about the movie so you're safe I'm not going to watch it, but my friend has said, has told me that after I watch the movie, I should go back and watch the trailer, which I will do, but I'm, I want to go in as blind as possible. And I heard that, like you said, they don't really reveal much. It's just cool shots and like the transition from songs in the trailer, are very well done and stuff. And it is emotional. Yeah. So very excited for that movie. And like you said, I think 
this has the potential to reinvigorate fans to go into next year with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, be excited about what's to come. Which, no matter what, like, I'm going to go see all those movies opening night there, but I want to feel good about it, you know? I don't want to be like, all right, what am I in for tonight, you know? So... It, w- it would take maybe like five misses in a row for me to be like, okay, I'm not going opening weekend. Yeah. Like I'm still, passion's still there. I think for a lot of people, it's still there too. But like if all the movies we've talked about like are misses or, oh, I don't know what we're going to be talking, like next time we do the podcast, we'll be like, ooh, <sighs> like shut her down. You know, I don't think it hopefully never gets to that point. Maybe we'll be listening back to this going like, yep, yeah, this was the point where it all went to shit. But, well, uh, this is a turning point pod, no matter what. It's either yeah, it re- like there's a steam a full steam ahead in that they found their step again, or they completely nose dove into the dirt, which yeah. I'm hoping the former is the case. Now, one thing that I feel like should be considered in that the quality is dipping a little bit because of the shows. I feel like in that they're giving us so much content. Yeah, it is high budget. Like all these shows have like hundred million dollar, if not, I don't know if it's two two hundred million, but it's in that range. The budget is so high, but it's being spread out over six episodes for the most part. So that means the VFX that let's say a movie has the similar budget, it's going towards a two hour movie, whereas this is going towards a close to five to six hour television show. The money is being spent in a different way per episode that brings down the quality of the effects, the fight scenes, everything in each episode. And it looks bad in some cases. Like you only watch episode one of Miss Marvel, watch it from start to finish and tell me those virtu- those VFX are not terrible. The special effects are brutal in that show. And I feel like the fight scenes suffer as well. Like nothing in these shows has matched what we've seen in movies, which I guess should not be expected that they would be that of that caliber. But just the fact that they're not even close to as good kind of hurts and makes you be less impressed with what you see. Whereas going to see a two hour movie like Shang-Chi, which has incredible VFX, incredible action scenes. It's night and day what we're getting with these movies and shows, in my opinion, anyways. Question though, Eric, like, should I be continuing Miss Marvel? Cause now I'm getting like really scared away now. I'm going to be honest. I'm not even done the show. I have like 30 minutes left in the finale. I wasn't able to finish it before we started. (laughs) I'm not in a hurry to finish the episode. Like I'm, unless there's some crazy reveal that's going to be in the last 10 minutes that'll blow me away. It's cookie cutter. Like you said, a plot we've seen a million times and like a, a ragtag group of people, kids fighting against the greater, government and stuff and just like how that how the heck are they overcoming these things and i don't know i'm just never really bought in and uh, yeah it's just nothing special ah okay that's disappointing i mean i found like the girl like kamala like she was pretty funny and likable in the first episode but i'm like where are they heading with like who's the villain what's gonna happen so i'll keep watching her but i'm not gonna be in a rush i guess yeah probably switch to She-Hulk before finishing Miss Marvel. I am excited for She-Hulk. I feel like it's going to progress the Marvel story along further. Like, we're going to be introduced to more good things and better characters. Um, yeah. I hope so. Did you? Is there a movie you're the most most excited for, Eric? Or, like, like Blade and Fantastic Four? Just like me? Movie, 
Probably movie I'm the most excited for is the Kang Dynasty, but that's in okay. 2025. I'm excited to see what the announcements are going to be for like all the other slots in Phase Six. But in Phase Five, if I had to say like the most excited for, like I know Blade's going to be cool, but I'm probably going to have to say Guardians Three because Ooh. if it is what I think it's going to be, it'll be an epic and emotional closure of a story with characters that we've known and loved for the last close to 10 years. That being said, one of my favorite movies of phase four is Shang-Chi and that was introducing a new character, which blade will be at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if blade ends up being my favorite of phase five, super pumped for blade, but I'm going to go guardians for now, but I'm also pumped. Like I said, Ant-Man because Kang is going to be in that movie. Like I loved Jonathan majors performance in Loki as a variant of Kang now I'm excited to see full-on Kang the Conqueror hopefully mess up either Ant-Man or the Wasp or Hope or, or Janet, I mean, or um, Hank or Pym, whatever his name is. Hank Pym, he's got to go. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm excited for all the Phase 5 movies so far. Other than Thunderbolts at this point, I don't really know what's that, what that's going to be about, but... Guardians 3, final answer. Oh, uh, and after what you've told me about Guardians 3, it has a potential to be as good as like Endgame where it's like oh, super boy. emotional oh, and... We'll see. Right? No, we so. can't expect... Like, that's the thing. We can't... We want to be excited, but also can't I expect. Know. It's so tough. It's, it's not easy being I a Marvel know. fan these days, you know? That's yeah. the takeaway. Abundance of right. goods is not necessarily the best thing in the world, but... Yeah. Gotta be positive. It's like, would you rather eat like seven mediocre meals a week or one amazing meal once a week only though like would you rather have one amazing movie every two years or three shows and two movies a year i don't know that'd be that's a different one because then we'd probably be clamoring for more we'd want we wouldn't be satisfied with one movie every two years but if you're guaranteed that it's going to be amazing maybe that's the way to go like if you can guarantee me that every two years there'll be an incredible star wars movie i'll take that over shows that may or may not be of the quality of kenobi you know what i mean so but i wouldn't i wouldn't say no to like we need mando and andor anyway we've already covered that but yes still excited for what's to come that being said we'll see what happens i'm super excited too and i I, we're gonna be doing a lot of shows about the upcoming stuff so like it keeps us rolling keeps good we're gonna have great discussions either way right so it's exciting random recommendations segue Actually, even though it's been a very long time since we recorded, I, don't, I haven't watched that much, to be honest. I will say a few things I've written down. Okay, so yeah, I watched three movies. Just rapid fire, throw them out there. The first one is The Gray Man on Netflix, starring um, Ryan Gosling, Ana de Armas, and um, Chris Evans. thought it was okay, to be honest. Like uh, Very little character development. It was just a big, large-scale action movie minimalistic thought was given to the script dialogue. Billy Bob Thornton was in it too. I thought he was pretty good. I really like Chris Evans in the role, to be honest. It was a nice character change up for him playing an asshole. And he was pretty entertaining, kind of funny. I liked him. Ana Del Moss was great as well. Like she continues to prove that she's an awesome actress in these action roles too. I want to see her in more of those roles as well. Like she's like the, the new I don't know if Scarlett Johansson... Well, I guess Scarlett Johansson. She did a bunch of those movies like Salt and... <laughs> anyway, other movies like that. 
So uh, Black Widow, cast on a Del Moss in the MCU. That'll that'll revitalize us. That's for that's what we need. So great man. I thought it was all right. What did you think of it? That was gonna be one of the movies I bring up. One of only two movies, sadly. Um, but Gray Man, super mediocre. Okay, yeah. The only thing that was like fresh to me was seeing Chris Evans as the bad guy. Like that kept me like watching the movie a little long at the end. The action was fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, uh, the pacing was all right. Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> every time he was on screen, I was like Lauren Malvo from Fargo. <laughs> like I was like even telling my girlfriend about that. Like he's amazing in Fargo. Like you should watch that. Oh, nothing you. I don't know why the Russo brothers wanted to direct this movie. It's like, it's a movie we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. Like a government wanting to eliminate like their black projects, their black ops, you know, like get rid of these people now. They know too much. They're useless. But they've announced sequels and prequels to the movie. So like, that's the story, I guess. I will not be tuning into those prequels and sequels, to be honest. No. Yeah, I couldn't stand the actor playing the lead um, villain, like the government whatever his name was or whatever his role was honestly in the hierarchy there he was overseeing this entire operation i know he's from like bridgerton people say he's a pro i don't know if people say he's a good actor or not i didn't find he was a good actor at all in this movie his line delivery was brutal maybe that's the script that was fed to him in the direction he was given but my god every scene this guy was in like this is terrible acting just tough stuff Next movie was actually one of your recommendations from back in the day. Last night in Soho, I finally got around to watching Ooh. it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, kept me guessing the whole time in that what's happening here, like when this girl goes to bed and crazy, a lot of crazy stuff, like with all the seeing ghosts and stuff, it was getting out of hand at a few moments, but uh, I enjoyed the movie. Maybe could have benefited from some humor. I thought it was very intense for the majority of the movie. Some lighthearted stuff would have been nice. But I enjoyed the movie, though. Yeah, like, Edgar Wright always has comedy in his movies. And, like, this one was very bleak for him to do. But, like, Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomasin McKenzie and, like, good, the ladies did so well in this movie. Lady Olena, like, Diana yeah. Riggs, her I, last I movie, I believe. Her voice, and then I, try, I was trying to place so and then it clicked, like, in her third scene or something. Like, All right, it's her. Her final performance, too, actually. She passed away, um, I think, last year. What a legend. Yeah. Like, to think she was a Bond girl in 1969. Like, I that's know. insane. I watched that movie just to uh. see what was up. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I'll go with my... I've, I've been struggling watching movies, but hey, it's summer. Uh, my next one's a Jim Carrey movie from the ni- late 90s called The Truman Show. Have you seen this movie, Eric? No, I haven't seen it. I'll keep it spoiler-free, but The Truman Show is basically this whole... All of... Everyone on Earth is obsessed with this one show called The Truman Show, and it's basically documents Jim Carrey 24-7 into, like, his sitcom-esque world. Like, the, they built a huge dome and created this artificial world for Jim Carrey. The thing is, Truman, like, played by Jim Carrey, doesn't know he's in a show. So everybody around him is an actor. All his friends are actors. which And they've been acting on the show their whole lives, too, because they've been in, his buddies in high school. That, like, he's, he works at a, like, he's, like, an insurance salesman. Everything is scripted. Everything is, like... All the cameras are everywhere on this in this giant fake city. Picture like WandaVision, like a fake city like that, all catering to this one individual. And then the whole outside world is watching 24-7. The show never shuts off. So it's a really, it really ahead of its time, people's fascinations with reality TV. You get a lot of deep philosophical conversations near the end of the movie of like 
this is what people want to watch. Like this is better than real life. There's a lot of stuff going on about that that has aged, made the movie age beautifully because it's super pertinent now because we actually have like shows like that and like where you're just watching people do day-to-day stuff. Right. So And Jim Carrey kills it as Truman. It's not like a comedy, but there's a lot of funny parts. But it's kind of like of a sad movie really because this kid this guy had no he didn't sign up for this right he was born on this show and everything and it's it's a really quite something eric okay the truman show should check it out that definitely does sound interesting i've obviously heard of the show the name of the movie but i had no idea that was the premise and that definitely does sound interesting i'll check it out for sure i've only watched one other movie called fatima fatima it's a french movie i don't know if you've seen this matt it's a french arab movie just quick synopsis. Yeah. It was really fun to watch another movie in French, honestly. And um, it's a mother, a uh, Lebanese mother, who is raising her two daughters who have kind of abandoned their Arabic heritage and only speak to her in French. And she can't really speak French. So there's an interesting dynamic between mother and daughters, one of which is in med school, actually. And the other one is kind of, um, I don't know if delinquent is the best term, but she's more rebellious and in high school still. So she just struggles to connect with both of them. And also goes on a journey to attempt to to teach herself French. And she works like very hard jobs, like cleaning at a at a high at a middle school, um, cleaning in homes. Like doesn't have education and really wants to be involved in her daughter's life. So I thought it was a very I honestly thought this movie was going to be a tearjerker just based on the title, Fatima, like one word title, like the name of the of a woman. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a rough one to watch. It actually wasn't that sad. It was, like I said, fun to watch a movie in French. I enjoyed it like an hour and 15 minutes long. Maybe could have been longer to be honest. Like there's maybe a little more that I would like to see in a certain storyline, but overall I enjoyed it. And Matt, if you have any other French movies, like maybe along the same lines of a, as a Fatima from what I've just shared, I would, appre- I would like that because I actually rented that movie at the library. It's a good collection oh, of movies wow. there. I just don't really know what's what. I just went through the aisles. I grabbed the movie. I'm like, Fatima, let's go. And then, um, oh, That's awesome, Eric. I used to do that back in like maybe eight years ago. Rent foreign films at the library and be like, okay, this is a French movie. Whatever. Blind. Going in blind. Or this movie is Canadian. I watch a lot of good Canadian, like from uh, Quebec movies. French Canadian movies freaking amazing and yeah sometimes they're not as good as but you got them at the library who cares that's what you keep doing that eric you'll find some gems i guarantee it uh france is one of the best countries that made move that's making movies to be honest they have such a deep library like they produce they make a ton of movies a year we just never hear about them they have their own oscars and everything every year they're very productive country for movies so and i can recommend you some good french films for sure actually we'll take um and They'll have actors you recognize too, like Marion Cotillard. Like she's in a lot of good French movies. I'll make you a list, Eric. Actually, yeah, thank you. Fatima. Okay, I, it, <laughs> it rings a bell, but like that's probably just because the name is. It's a very common name, right? So, but yeah, Eric, I have no more shows or movies. I've been like trying to squeeze in every ounce of my free time into movies, but hey, like other stuff takes precedent too. Reading, haven't been reading. Been listening to music though. Have you been listening to music, Eric? Or no, anything? not really, man. Like at at work now, if I can listen to music, I normally opt for like instrumentals and like uh, soundtrack scores and stuff just to focus. Like I can't really listen to music with words; it just distracts me. If I'm like right. I have to write an email or write something up, like I can't be listening to like 
I don't even have an example, honestly. But I, I've been listening to the Lloyd Banks album a lot, actually. Oh. Show, you mentioned shows. I just started up a new show called The Bear. It's on Disney+. Plus. 25-minute episodes starring... Um, I don't know the guy's name. It's the guy, the actor who played Lip in Shameless. Like he's the lead mm-hmm. actor. Three episodes in, he's basically a chef slash owner for this restaurant style, like sandwich style restaurant who he overtook from his dead brother, his brother who's just passed away. And he's trying to restore it to a reputable institution. Very chaotic show so far, like a lot, like a fast paced lifestyle in the kitchen and showing what the dynamics are between chefs and sous chefs and all that three episodes in i feel like i'm at a turning point in the show like is it gonna pick up and become maybe a little funnier or the story will become more interesting because now they're just establishing who's who and what's what but i've heard that the the last half of the episodes the season's very strong so i'm gonna finish it and then then we'll be able to recommend but just letting you know i've started that up it's cool like it's i've never seen a show like this that Highlights the life in the kitchen. Honestly, a lot of it brought me back to when I used to work at Boston Pizza in the kitchen. Ah. Like just like corner and like just all the expressions that you behind and just portion this for me and just, I don't know, like a lot of the lingo is just nostalgic, you know, in all the worst ways possible. But it's still fun to see just a show that highlights life in the kitchen and stuff. And uh, for, yeah, it's different. So the bear. I'm glad you mentioned that show, Eric, because I was on, like, I want to watch it, but I'm going to wait for your recommend, like, I'm going to wait till you finish it. I heard great things from people in the industry that are, like, the realism of the show, it's exactly like that. They're big fans of it. I'm a fan of the actor who plays, like, Lip from Shameless. He's good. Keep me posted. There's a few other good actors in there, too, like, um, Joel McHale is in it. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know the guy's name, but he played in season one of The Punisher, the guy who kind of has access to all the security cameras and is blackmailing Frank to do what he wants and do. Like, he's got like, the eye in the sky, and then they end up working together. That right. guy. Can't remember his name, but yeah. That guy. He's in the show. Okay. <laughs> you know, that guy. Um, but no, it's solid. And, like, he's a great character, a great actor, um, Lip. So um, mm. it's fun to watch. Actually, the reason I, I started watching that show is because I saw a meme on Twitter that killed me. It was a picture of... It's the last time I make a Sopranos reference on the show. I'm done the show now. But anyways, it was a picture of Furio and Carmella side by side. And then under was Lip. Like that he would be their kid. It's spot on. Like I'll send you the picture. Right? It's so good. <laughs> he looks like Furio to a T. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some Carm <laughs> in there too. So it's so good. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's hilarious. So that's what got uh, me into wanting to watch the show. I'm like, oh, is this an old picture from Shameless or whatever? And then I just saw that it was on Disney Plus, The Bear. And then I looked it up and I was like, all right, good reviews. I'll check it out. Nice. Um, Yeah, that's all I have to recommend, honestly. Me too. So yeah, Matt, this is a good uh, good chat on Marvel. I feel like we could have kept going, to be honest. I feel like we had to cut it at some point. But I feel like we gave a good rundown on everything coming up. Marvel... Um, any final notes for the listeners, Matt? Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed our talk. And we're definitely going to be talking more about these as they are coming out. So we're just like an appetizer in this episode. Um, and yeah, just enjoy the summer. Stay safe. And uh, thank you for listening again. So yeah, thanks a lot everybody for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And yeah, peace.